As our lives have become increasingly digital, the nefarious ways to scam us out of our money have become digital as well. What used to be strange offers of money from Nigerian princes are now hyper-targeted blackmail schemes. Despite increasing awareness of cybersecurity, the series of data breaches from major companies have put us all at risk. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Peter Rowe, you're a general assignment reporter for the Union Tribune. And over the weekend, you wrote a story about scams that are going around, including one unfortunate victim. When you explain what happened to this individual and um, their online consumption of media. <laughs> well, well, it was rather embarrassing for this man. Um, he was, uh, and this is what we know of him. He, He's a local. He's a man. Uh, he was online. He spends some time on porn sites. And he received an email that was kind of threatening and said, hey, uh, we know who you are. Uh, We know what you've been doing online. We know you've been going to these porn sites. As a matter of fact, when you went to one of the porn sites, it activated uh, a malware program, which got placed in your computer and filmed you as you were consuming pornography. So kind of a perfect blackmail type situation, right? Yes, especially when the, the anonymous uh, emailer went on and said, we also scooped up all of your contact lists. And unless you send us $5,000, uh, we will send a, uh, a clip of you watching porn to all of your friends, all of your neighbors, all of your loved ones, all of your business contacts, everyone. So what did this guy do? Well, he he did two things. Uh, first, he deposited $5,000 in a Bitcoin account uh, using a Bitcoin ATM, which was in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of, of the Bitcoin ATM, at least for the scam artists, is that once you put the money in, it's untraceable. Uh, you, you, the person who put the money in, you can't tell where it's gone. And the uh, the criminal in this case could could take the money out, right? Uh, so that was the first thing he did. And the second thing he did was he called the San Diego District Attorney's Office mm-hmm. and said, uh, "This has happened to me, and it just doesn't feel like it's right. It, it at the very least was blackmail." And what was the response to the attorney then? Well, I think the district attorney. Um, had to stifle a, a laugh um, mm-hmm. because this is a fairly common scam right now. And what happens is is that there have been a lot of data breaches in the last few years, and people who have either carried out these data breaches or have purchased them illegally, purchased the fruits of these break-ins mm-hmm. illegally, have a lot of detail on a lot of us. I mean, if you have an account with Target, if you are trading with TD Ameritrade, if you have a, uh, a, Google, um, a Google account, um, they've all been hacked and information has been collected and the criminals can look through all this and they can design an attack on you. So in this case, the, uh, the extortionist had his victim's email password uh-huh. and said, you know, I know who you are. Here's your password. And so the victim sees that and thinks, 
oh my gosh. I mean, he really does. Mm-hmm. He really it felt does. more legitimate than yeah, the past. It, yeah, it seems believable, right? Um, however, <clears throat> there is no such malware uh, that can be implanted on your computer to film you doing anything, let alone watching porn. Uh, so he basically um, fell for the, the ruse, and he's out $5,000. So the that was, that was kind of um, a, a bit of a relief for him that, one, he hadn't been filmed and that this isn't floating out there somewhere. But then he also kicked himself because he'd mm-hmm. fallen for this. And he's out 5000 bucks. He's not getting the money back. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. So how has the universe of scams changed recently? Because it seems like, especially this year alone, the tactics are totally different from what we've seen in the past. Yeah, they are. Um, maybe 10, 15 years ago, we were all used to getting the uh, Nigerian um, Nigerian prince come on or someone in Nigeria saying they had some money, they had a giant fortune that they needed to get out of the country, they just needed a bank account, and if you were to provide banking information, they would give you a cut of the proceeds. Or maybe you just won the Irish sweepstakes. I remember getting the Irish sweepstakes one, too. Hmm. It was a similar thing, right? They wanted you to send them your banking information, ostensibly so they could then slot the money right into your account. But really what they were going to do is they were going to raid your account, take all the money out, mm-hmm. right? But these were so so laughable. I mean, after a while, I think we all understood what was going on. It became normal just in the junk folder. Yeah, totally. You just tossed it out. You didn't even think about it anymore. Um, So what's happening now is, you know, because of the, again, these data breaches have exposed a lot of our personal information. And so you're getting a lot more sophisticated scams that are designed specifically to you. Now, one of the more popular ones is called the romance scam. Mm -hmm. And you, I mean, you Maybe you're, you're single. I mean, have, have you been hit by the romance scam? No. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll get ready. Um, now, the romance scam, uh, let's say you have a Facebook account or maybe you have a uh, Instagram account. And uh, maybe on Facebook it says you're single. You know, there's something there about your romantic attachment, you know, mm-hmm. unattached. Um, then maybe on Instagram there are a lot of photographs of you. Um doing good works, doing, maybe you're assisting with the refugee crisis, whatever. So the scam artist has seen all this. They've collected a lot of information that's just publicly available, mm-hmm. right? There's stuff off your social media, which people are maybe a little too free with their information. Certainly nowadays, yeah. Yeah. All right. So they design something to come at you and they say, hey, you know, I'm I'm uh, Sophia, and I, I, uh, I see that you share an interest in refugees. As a matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a doctor from France working in Tanzania, uh, serving refugees in the refugee camp here. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy to find a, a, a soulmate, right? And for a while, you guys exchange email back and forth. And it becomes more and more intimate, more and more flirtatious. And at a certain point, Sophia says, oh, Daniel, I would, I would love to see you. I'd love to meet you face to face. Unfortunately, I don't make any money here. I'm donating all my time to the orphans 
and I really need about $5,000 to fly to San Diego and meet you, but I would, I would love to, uh, if you could send me, send me the money, and I'll pay you back. Um, so maybe you do, maybe you send the money, and then, then you never hear from Sophia again, who's moved on to someone else. And, you know, Sophia's probably a uh, 60-year-old, um, um, I don't know, someone in Alabama. So as this is going on, uh, from speaking with uh, people in the justice system, do you have a sense about how frequently people are falling for these kind of scams? Are there more victims now than before? Yeah, I think there are more victims now be, in part because um, there are more attempts. Uh, and it's this has always been a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always been a, a sort of case where the criminal will make maybe a thousand attempts before they get one person to, you know, kind of fall for this, right? Mm. So because, again, because of technology, it is so much easier to send out more email, more junk phone calls, more attacks. Um, It's also easy for your, like, Facebook Messenger to be hijacked, and then someone appearing to be you will be sending Facebook Messenger request to someone who knows you like me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, wow, Daniel, Daniel's really in trouble here. Yeah, just just so you know, next time I get kidnapped, I'm not asking you for, <laughs> to save me. Well, kidnapping is, is a popular um, theme in, in uh, a lot of these scams. There's the grandparent scam mm-hmm. where you are contacted by someone who says that your grandchild um, has been kidnapped and is being held in a foreign jail and needs cash in order to get out. Um, And sometimes uh, there are calls made that appear to be coming uh, from this foreign country. Uh, And maybe, uh, especially if you haven't been in touch with your grandchild recently, um, they may actually fake the voice of the grandchild Mm -hmm. and say, you know, help me, help me grandmother, help me grandfather. Yeah, and with new technologies, we're getting closer to the reality in which that's more common. Yeah, we're also getting close. I didn't get into this in the story, but we're also getting closer to uh, where you don't have to impersonate someone's voice. You just take clips that are available of the person's voice um, and scramble them in such a way that they're they're coming out with this, this plea for help. Mm-hmm. So after hearing all of the somewhat hilarious, honestly, ways of getting scammed. What are the kind of basic digital and personal hygiene things you can do to kind of prevent yourself from getting on these lists and getting calls and messages and whatever from anywhere on the Internet? Well, part of it has to do with kind of personal hygiene on the Internet, that you shouldn't be putting out a whole lot of personal information, especially on sites that are open to the general public. I mean, like a lot of us here at the Union Tribune, I've got a personal Facebook page, which is pretty wide open, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't put a whole lot of personal information there. I don't have my birth date. I don't have um, my wife's name. I don't have our children's names. I don't have our address, right? Uh, but, you know, a lot of this stuff is just available. So um, keeping that to a minimum uh, mm-hmm. is a good first step. Um, we are told often that um, Americans in general are terrible at coming up with good passwords for their mm-hmm. password-protected accounts. 
and that really, you know, thinking harder about your password, what it should be, making it tougher to crack is uh, is a good second. Mm-hmm. And there's services and apps that can do that for you as well. There are, and there are services that will provide extremely complicated uh, passwords for all of your accounts. And really, all you need is one, again, pretty complicated password, but you need just that one Mm -hmm. to unlock your vault and then have access to all your accounts. Um, So that's that's another thing you can do. Now, some of those are free, and some of them actually cost money, but... The folks who are in this business say, you know, it's it's uh, it's a good investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, another step to take is uh, just be wary of any come-ons that sound too good to be true. Um, there invariably are mm-hmm. too good to be true. They're just untrue. Um, and I was told if <laughs> if this come-on involves in any way, shape, or form. Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, walk away. Yeah, uh, that's again a telltale sign that this is a scam. Certainly. So after hearing all these ways you can get scammed, what part of this was the most surprising to you? Well, I'm not very technical myself, and uh, so a lot of this was was new territory for me. Uh, but one of the things that really kind of startled me was hearing about money mules. Mm-hmm. And again, if you go back to the, the romance scam, and let's say, um, again, I had you on the hook. You thought I was Sophia. She was very sweet. She asked for money. You sent money. Something came up on Sophia's end. There's an emergency. She asked for more money. You sent for more money. Maybe eventually Sophia, or whoever's pretending to be Sophia, has drained your account. Mm-hmm. And now you come to Sophia and say, wow, you know, I'm sorry, but I'd, I'd love to help, but I'm broke. Sophia might say, oh, I'm so sorry, Daniel. I didn't know that you were in such desperate need. Let me set up another account for you, and I will put money in this account. And let's say you agree, because it sounds like a good deal. She's going <laughs> to give you money, right? And You've been giving her all this money. Now she's going to give you money. Uh, so she sets up this account, and sure enough, there's money in it. Mm-hmm. And then she says to you, oh, Daniel, would you mind? I really need to send some of that money on to you know Francois, who is working with the Congolese refugees. And totally has, not ISIS. Well, yeah, totally not ISIS. <laughs> He's a very nice guy, yeah. yeah. And uh, he has a, a Bitcoin account can only be in Bitcoin. And would you take maybe half of the money that I sent and put it in the Bitcoin account? You think, well, heck, why not? Because this is money she gave you. You know, it's not really your money. You, but anyway, so you, you put the money in the Bitcoin account and it goes God knows where. So now you become a money mule because what's happening is, is that whoever's pretending to be Sophia is scamming someone else taking their money, saying, oh, Daniel, let me put it in your account, putting it in your account, and then you are transferring a certain amount of that into the Bitcoin account. So It's like now a multi-level marketing scheme. Yeah, well, in, in a way, but it's also a way for them to, to make it two steps removed from, from them, right? Mm-hmm. So 
So the money is in this chain. And eventually, they, you know, Sophia may say, wow, Francois is really in trouble. Can you send the rest of the money? And then again, you're back where you started from with no money. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that people follow these kind of things, but they do. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, uh, it's maybe a weird sort of tribute to the ingenuity of, uh, of human beings that they can spend so much time figuring out these ways to scam innocent parties. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess not really a tribute. But, I mean, it's, it's fascinating that people will come up with new, always improved ways to, uh, to attack us this way. Mm-hmm. All right. Peter Rowe, thank you so much. My pleasure. In other news, San Diego is considering new regulations for sidewalk vendors. The rules would limit push carts in many high-traffic areas of the city, such as Petco Park on Padres game days. They also wouldn't be allowed near bike racks, scooter corrals, tables, benches, parking meters, utility boxes, and fire hydrants, or within 15 feet of an intersection, building interests, or public restroom. Supporters of the regulations say vendors are illegally dumping trash and are blocking the public right-of-way. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. You can also listen to Hot Lava, our Padres podcast. Union Tribune sports editor Jay Posner and baseball beat writer Kevin Acey talk about the team's ups and downs, comings, and goings. Look for it on your podcast app or go to uniontrib.com slash hotlava. Until next time. <laughs>